sometimes. So we do the best we can. So we have a lot to catch up on. And so without further ado, I'm going to go straight to Miss Connie and say, Connie, what have you been up to in, uh, in the past few months? Well, the summer has been really busy. Thanks, Judy. And also, uh, it's great to be the three of us again, the three musketeers at the podcast. And um, I, I had a busy summer, very busy summer. With um, I, I had actually two shows, uh, one in Wolfboro and then uh, another one in, in the Kennedy Gallery in Portsmouth. And then uh, David and I did some design, uh, a design workshop. We did several other workshops. Um, I've been I've been working on the the In Focus book, and uh, discovered this guy Alexander Cousins, who was in 1750 and 1760s. Um, he was sort of the father or inspiration for Constable, and uh, he did this thing that was a blot. It was like, um, anyway, for me it was fascinating because being a psychologist a uh, hundred years later was Rorschach <laughs> and with the ink blots that people have heard about, you know, and that was um, when I was in graduate school. I loved these ink blots because I thought it was so sophisticated and such a fine um, psychological tool to, to assess personality. Yeah. So if you can imagine, there's... Anyway, this was one fun find. And, um, and there were several others. Yeah. So, so you've been um, doing a lot of reading this summer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Reading storm and reading. I think that's a wonderful thing. Summer should be for reading. I love to read this summer. <laughs> So, uh, well, what about you, Dave? What have you been up to? Well, we just got back from a work. The three of us did a workshop together. Yeah. Our first workshop together. I thought it was great. We went to our favorite painting spot in East Gloucester, Rocky Neck. And uh, Judith does a regular uh, walk, walk around, historical walk around Rocky Neck. And so she, um, <laughs> she did that at the end of the day. And Connie and I taught a sight and insight what we call impromptu class. And the title of the class was Location, Location, Location. Which I thought, just to reiterate a little bit, you know, sometimes when you arrive on a site, you're, you're taken in by so much, so much beauty from nature, that it's hard to discern how I'm gonna compose it. And uh, Connie, Connie, you have a wonderful way of using your thoughts and feelings and organizing your thoughts and feelings that tie into that compositional uh, necessary. I mean, I know you you talked about the line design, but you're also talking about ways to memorize because it sort of applies to the, how the brain works. Right. Uh, I mean, there is some some. Uh, it's not exactly new evidence, but uh, connections are really everything about uh, remembering something. And so you're not really remembering a, an object out there. Let's say it's an apple or whatever. Um, you're, it's actually the, the, all the connections in that apple and also in relationship to the context. And it so applies to painting that we, we want to really... It, it's sort of like the figure ground reversal thing in a way. But, but this is looking at 
associations or relationships between objects so that you're not, you're not just focusing on these separate objects. Right, and, and I think that's what we tried to teach today because we had an yeah. incoming tide. When we got there, we saw a beautiful low tide effect, and some people wanted to paint that. And I think you pointed out by connecting up, and it could connect up with the, the color, it could connect up right. with the memory of um, maybe just the texture of the quality, but that's, I think you said, harder to memorize. Yeah, that's textures. what they, they say, that textures are very hard to to remember and keep repeating and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, 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 the t but I actually was talking about how smells and tastes, you know, those are very uh, much memorable. Yeah, the smell of low tide. Isn't it amazing? It is, it is yes. It's and so, so that, I actually talked about that when, when I took them down on location, is I, I said, you know, it's, it's about remembering the light, the, um, you know, the texture of the air or the vibration, which is really atmosphere or atmospheric, and then this taste. And uh, so it, it's interesting because everybody could sort of visualize. So I what you're saying, through, through the sense of taste or smell, you actually the get whole a sense of the scene. You get more of a recall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And more of a total recall of. What did that scene look like, even color-wise? Mm -hmm. So we're talking, you know, emphasizing color and design, and we want people to get more attuned to that, you know, that color sensation and what are the differences, you know, in the color harmonies. And I think you get that even with um, adding this extra sense, right. which is taste. Because I know? think it's true. I think we paint from memory almost, almost all the time. I think so too. Oh, because even when something's in front of you. Yes. Yeah. Because, well, out of doors. I mean, a still life might in a portrait might be different. You're in a controlled environment of light. When you're out of doors, it's moving, and that's part of the the charm. Is I think the so Changing too. light, but you have to either either accumulate so much knowledge about direction and things like that, and mm -hmm. you know I've done it for many years, so I have that sort of background. But to teach it afresh to somebody. It's, I think you're painting from memory. And I think your first thought about what you wanted to paint, yes, is a structural composition. But then as you develop the painting, as time goes along, and today it was, you know, here we are at the end of September, really the end of summer, and the light has drastically right. changed a lot since, when, you know, all the, all the days we were out painting the summer. Right. But um, you know, you really struck on something. This thing about the changing light, and and we know that in plein air painting, it's constantly changing. The wind whips up, all these different things. But I was just struck by we were talking about the taste of something, and I think this is a this is a um, what do you want to say? This is supports being in plein air versus doing put photography. Mm -hmm. Is that that you get these, your, all your senses are engaged when we're out on site versus you're in a studio or wherever you're painting from this photograph. We, we kind of, you are on recall. But uh, if you haven't had that sense of all those senses, I really think now I'm realizing how, how important those, those um, all the senses 
that are taking in the atmosphere, the you know, the scene are important. Well, I think you did a great job because you you're able to mix the psychology yeah. with with the painting and give them a firsthand impression of. And most people, we were lucky. Most people had never been to that location. That's true. I think there That's was only true. maybe one or two right. in the class that had been there before, so it was a fresh location right. to them. And then we had Judy comes in at the end of the class for the last hour, <laughs> and, and we're in an area where there's so much history. Uh, Judy Curtis wrote a great book on the uh, uh, history of uh, Rocky Neck, 1850 to 1950 is the name of the book. It's worth, it's worth getting. So she, she was able to give her insightfulness and her sight by taking everybody in the class on a walking tour. The only problem with, <clears throat> with the art trail is that we go to the various spots. It's kind of interesting to go to the very place where some of these great artists painted, um, <clears throat> but then you miss out on people like Jane Peterson, uh, Cecilia Bow, who painted in that area, but because they don't have a specific So they don't have spot a house. On, yeah, they don't, yeah. just because their studio wasn't specifically on Rocky Neck. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you kind of have to gloss over that and, and concentrate on the ones who did have, okay, now we're arriving at the studio yeah. of uh, Hugh Henry Breckenridge. Next door was the Bryan studio. Uh, so it's... It covers a lot of information. To be honest, you can only cover so much before people's eyes close. So does over. this mean you're going to write another book well, about the history of Gloucester? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so good. Well, it's. I mean, it's always interesting to um, to write about this area. Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating how many people, you know, how many artists uh, from the best of, of American artists probably painted on Cape Ann at some point. I, I just find it amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it always strikes me as interesting that Dave's dad was born in 1910. And so mm -hmm. in uh, 19, you know, when he was born, you've got people like Frank Duvenek who's still coming up here in the summer and putting work in the, uh, wow. in the, in the gallery on the Moors. I, I just think it's amazing that you have that kind of, gee, I knew somebody who was alive when this was going on. I know, um, that's so true. It's, it's, you can in the home of uh, John Singer Sargent's father? Was that? Oh, down on Gloucester, yes. yes. And they had, I don't yeah. know if the exhibition's still mm -hmm. ongoing, they had really? a great exhibition yeah. just recently. Yeah, the Sergeant, they lived downtown, Sergeant Murray Gilman yes, House. Yeah. I that didn't would know be that Sergeant's, yeah. John Singer Sergeant's yeah, father was born Sargent's. in Gloucester, yeah. uh, married a woman from Philadelphia, and they became. You know, were, that it, all of that is so important <laughs> yeah. about this, this yeah. area, and it I is. feel it, it's like. That rich history is informing us, mm. don't you think? Yes, yeah. I like mean, I was we just were, thinking if I was located in, you know, even Fredericksburg, I think that's an interesting town, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have the history and the richness, and somehow, I mean, we're carrying on a legacy, and we're, I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I really yeah. do, as opposed to... Uh, you know, living any other place. Well, in the rich history that we're talking yeah. about, the location today was a beach that Winslow Homer had painted on several times. Amazing. And it was very nice to have the students feel that. And we can see where Winslow Homer lived exactly. uh, just off the, uh, off the coast uh, on an island uh, for his summers that he came to Gloucester. There is a great show of Winslow Homer's in Gloucester now. Yeah. You mean um, the one at the Charles Gallery? Right. No, no the one at the Cape Museum. Museum. Oh, really? Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think it's... Did you I, go? 
Not yet. I hope you can come. Come okay. down, you and yeah. Peter, and we'll all go. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Because it's kind of interesting seeing what Homer did. And something like Winslow Homer, and when I originally wrote about him for the first Rocky Neck book, I was sort of concentrating on the, the two trips he made, 1873 and 1880. Mm -hmm. But then, as I was, I did a, a talk. Uh, about him for the Charles Gallery in Gloucester uh, to celebrate, I think it's like his 150th anniversary of when he first came, which was actually, I think, 1869. Wow. When he was in uh, Magnolia, Manchester, he was painting. Right. Uh, and when I was looking at that, I suddenly realised, which I obviously didn't take in when I was writing the original book, because I was writing, when you start writing about a lot of different people, you kind of got to get a bit here and a bit there and a bit there. Uh, whereas when you're concentrating on one person, you can do deeper research. So I suddenly yeah. found out that when Winslow Homer first came here in 1873 and he was well known as an illustrator, he was already a National Academician. He had some beautiful, wow. huge oil paintings. He got into uh, the Academy wow. with uh, a painting, was it Prisoner at the Front or something like that? Mm -hmm. So uh, he was a very Paris, talented Yeah, artist. he went to the Paris Exposition. I mean, he was, he was such a good painter. And yet when he came here in 1873, he, the newspapers put in, you know, the illustrator, uh, Winslow Homer is here and he's doing sketches and we'll see them in Scribner's and Harper's Weekly. They still classed him as, as an, an illustrator. illustrator. Yeah, which I, I just think is, is strange. So he struggled with that probably yeah, his that's whole why career. He was, that's why he was um, trying to make the break from doing illustration. Yeah, it's amazing he did in Gloucester. I said to Judy that oh, maybe he that. maybe he was the first one to understand what a mudhead was. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. It, that's, that's and it's those silhouettes of the young boys' heads against the light, like we saw that's today. That's what he did. He right. did do a lot of that. Yeah, yeah and that's one of the things that that's what they complained did. about. What, yeah, yeah, and Annie Marks's photograph of us exactly. was a mudhead. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. We're silhouettes against... And we're silhouetted. And the other thing you pointed out today, which was really good, was where he stayed on that island gave him a very unique perspective of the in and outgoing boats. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, that's interesting. You know, you could be at you know, level, yeah. you know, in a lot of places around uh, around Gloucester and Cape Ann, but right. to be actually on the island, surrounded by water, it must do something to your your color sense, your the effect that's of the light. That's what I'm light. thinking too. And these these huge schooners are cruising past on mass. Wow. Uh, yeah. it, you know. It was classed as the Cove of a Thousand Masts, according mm -hmm. to Charles Hassan, because there were so many schooners. It had wow, the biggest fishing fleets that. in the east. It must have been a terrific sight. And, and beautiful to yeah. reproduce. Yeah. You know. So you see... That is amazing. You know, so Homer's well worth checking out at the Cape Ann Museum and seeing some I of would the love to see that. Did. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting, uh, interesting show. So, well, well, we did have uh, some exciting adventures this uh, this summer. It seems to have gone well, so quickly. Well, I thought today was the most exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. It was I know. <laughs> it well, was. was the first time. It's interesting. We're doing a podcast just after we taught a class, the three of us together for the first time. History, um, the psychology and art, and myself with just painting. But together, the three of us yeah. make one complete person. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, intelligent. We should also uh, 
talk about the fact that we have an upcoming show. Yes. We have the home show. And this is September 28th at my house. And that would be Kittery Point. And we, this is the third annual, mm-hmm. soon to be a, very, a tradition. Exactly, right? yes. The third annual Three with a Brush. And so Three with a Brush. That's Connie, David, and their painting buddy, Tommy Heinsohn, who many people know as a basketball star, manager, coach, uh, announcer. But he's also an excellent painter. You wouldn't think such a big guy when you see him. You know, I hate to say that he uses the brush delicately because that's probably insulting to <laughs> one of his stature. But he really is just the way he he manipulates the paint is just great. I mean, he does some beautiful things. It's so true. And he's an outdoor painter. And uh, so, if you would like to uh, to come to the uh, the exhibition. Uh, what do they do? They get in touch with you, they Connie, can, to reserve a place? So it's in, uh, email me at lorwynpaintings at gmail.com. Okay. And that's L-O-R-W-E-N. Yes, paintings. Lorwyn. That's a great Welsh name. Lorwyn. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I know that um, you know, because uh, parking is limited, that the, you have arrangements and they'll find right. out the, the details when they reserve the space. Exactly. Okay, well that exactly. sounds great. I'm looking forward to that myself. Me too. Well, this actually. is the, the third year, and I think it's gotten better this year. I think there's some um, really fascinating about, um, uses. Between the three of us, I think there's somewhere close to 40, 40 to 40, 45 paintings. Yeah, exactly. Uh, recent paint, yeah. Yes, in all a, recent. In work. a beautiful home. I think sometimes when you see paintings in a gallery, it doesn't evoke any feeling, but when you see paintings in, in a home, I it, right away that homey quality comes through and you see what a, your painting or the painting that you might be attracted mm-hmm. to would look like in a setting of a right. dining yeah. room or a living room or a foyer or whatever it would be. Yeah. And so I think, I think it's a special kind of a show for that reason, you know. Yeah. And I have to say that Connie has a beautiful home. The Feng Shui is wonderful. (laughs) I love it. I feel so calm when I (laughs) step through the door. Uh, So I think, uh, yes, I think knowing what they've they've looked like the last uh, two years, I think it'll uh, you'll have a fabulous show, wonderful refreshments. That's um, right. And just all around scintillating conversation about art, all things art. And so I hope uh, I hope you can join them. Uh, like I say, just check in with lawwindpaintings at gmail.com to reserve a space. Okay. And I think actually, can you believe it? We've almost run out of time. Unless you have anything <laughs> that you want to add that's uh, that's very important that we can well, go over I'll time. Just, uh, the other thing, we've announced our show, but coming up in October, oh, we'll yes. be doing um, uh, at three least three more impromptu, impromptu classes. classes on colour. Uh, one well, how can they be impromptu if you're already planning? <laughs> well, <laughs> well they're one day. They're one, one day, day classes and they're... Uh, um, they're four hours long, mm-hmm. and we we design a course for each one. So the first and one it, will and be they're about very specific. Yeah. Yeah. human imagination. Mm-hmm. And the second one is about value. So you will actually have to execute a black and white painting from nature. Mm-hmm. And the third will be about the intensity of color. And uh, I think I think that's sort of breaking color down into. Right. 
the, the theory of colour into three bases. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds like great, uh, a great way to help people, the, the idea of doing a black and white on location to, mm -hmm. to check your values. They say it's so easy to paint out of doors and, and just get so overwhelmed by the amount of colour. nature in front of you and colour. Mm -hmm. Yes, what do you put in, what do you leave out? So that sounds like a, a, a great selection of... Uh, of I'm glad you brought up. that up. I, uh, I almost forgot. So we'll, uh, we'll post that information for you for the future. Or you can check out uh, the website, which is davidpcurtis.com, all lowercase, and or lawwinpaintings.com. So uh, if you want further information on these upcoming workshops, you can always check there. Uh, or if you've got anything else, just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, in the meantime, we wish you great painting weather for all you artists out there. Have a wonderful week. And we'll be back with you before too long, we hope. So thank you for listening and bye for now.